Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, it's time to move on from the phone calls, I think, um, about um, the president, President Trump. We've got other stuff we need to talk about still. I do want to talk about the Georgia runoff. Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker are going to battle for the Senate in Georgia. It'll be a runoff December 6th. Democrats are claiming because of Robert E. Lee holiday in Georgia that uh, you can't vote on the weekend. That's not exactly true. Georgia used to designate the day after Thanksgiving as Robert E. Lee Day, and it was a state holiday. In 2015, they left the state holiday but scrapped designating it as Robert E. Lee Day. The reality is that the state of Georgia did not want its employees to have to go to work the day after Thanksgiving. And in old days, they said, well, we'll celebrate Robert E. Lee. And in current times, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats alike agree we're not going to celebrate him, but we don't want employees to go to work. So the Democrats are making hay out of it uh, because there is a law on the books in Georgia that says there can be no early voting on a Saturday within two days of a holiday. So because Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, there can be no early voting on a Saturday. Because there's a state holiday on the Friday, there can be no early voting that Saturday. They're claiming it's because of this Confederate holiday. Really, it's because of Thanksgiving. There is a holiday next to it. But the reality is a bipartisan group, including Stacey Abrams, voted that there should be no early voting on a Saturday within two days of a holiday. Stacey Abrams voted for the law. The Democrats don't want you to know about that. They're, of course, trying to stir up some level of racial antagonism about it. That's unfortunate, but it is what they do. I got to be honest with you. I don't know that Walker can pull it off. I I continue to talk to Republicans, and they say something like this. Well, I held my nose and I did it, and he didn't get across the finish line. Why should I go back and vote? Control of the Senate doesn't matter anymore. It's a fair point. I don't know anyone who is genuinely enthusiastic about Walker to begin with. And they did their bit for king and country, so to speak. He lost or at least made it to a runoff. He didn't come in first. Had he performed comparable to Brian Kemp, even a few points behind, he would have won without a runoff. But he lagged Kemp significantly, another Trump nominee who was far down. Now, Republicans, of course, openly don't want to say this, but far be it for me to hide what I actually think about the matter. I'll just tell you. I can't find people excited to go vote for him when control of the Senate's not even at stake anymore. What's the incentive to go vote for Herschel Walker? I will tell you, uh, the Senate Leadership Fund run by Mitch McConnell is putting $14.2 million into the state. 
and also they have taken over Brian Kemp's ground game operation to try to turn the vote out. Now, what the Republicans will tell you, and Charlie is is telling me that I should point this out, uh, for Republicans, you want to know what the incentive is to go vote for Herschel Walker. It's this. It is one less seat the Republicans have to make up in 2024 to get a majority. If you have a 50-50 Senate, the Republicans only need to net one in 2024 to get the majority. Given the map, it's easier to net one than it is to net two. If the Republicans go the same way they went in 2022, where you had Trump candidates dragging the ballot down and Trump does the same in 2024, it's going to be even harder for the GOP. So if you want to pad the margins and make it easier, the way to do it is to go vote for Herschel Walker on December 6th. But again, I don't know a whole lot of people who are very excited about doing it. Now, there is news today you should know. Uh, Raphael Warnock is lashing out at the Washington Free Beacon and reporters who called him out for the slum that he is the landlord of. You know, he and his church own a, a um, low-income housing project. Uh, apparently, a body has been found at the project. The maggots were eating the body. Flies were everywhere. They take no responsibility for it. They were evicting people who couldn't afford $28 during COVID. It is apparently a disgusting place to live. And Raphael Warnock is accusing people of attacking Jesus if they point out the conditions of the property. There is an argument to be made for the GOP that uh, while the exit polling showed voters liked Warnock more than they liked Walker, voters were more likely to think Warnock extreme than Walker. If you wish to hold the Democrats accountable, getting rid of Warnock is the way to do it. Now, this all comes to a head with a battle playing out as well in the United States Senate over the Republican leadership. Ron Johnson today has nominated Rick Scott to be the uh, leader of the Senate Republicans. And he was challenging Mitch McConnell. There is breaking news at this moment, 13 after the hour. Mitch McConnell has just been reelected as minority leader in a secret ballot vote. Ten Republicans voted against him. One voted present, according to someone in the room. So ten votes against McConnell, one voted present. Uh, McConnell will remain the leader in the Senate. Rick Scott mounted a challenge with conservatives. The argument that conservatives made was they should hold off the vote until they see what happens with um, Herschel Walker. The Republicans, leaser, the Republican leader said it, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to matter. So they had the vote. McConnell won. Now, McConnell is actually spending more in Georgia to help Herschel Walker than Rick Scott is with the National Republican Senatorial Committee. I'm just not sure whether or not it's going to matter. I don't know. I, I, I Look, I will go vote. I will vote for Herschel Walker. I'm just not excited about it. I don't know anybody who is. I don't 
know that the Walker campaign had the money to run a good race. Uh, they they have a real problem with women. I I told them, I think they knew behind the scenes, even if they didn't want to publicly acknowledge it, the attacks mattered. The Warnock attacks on him mattered. It really affected women's votes for him. But I do understand that if you want to ensure the Republicans get the Senate in 24, where the map is even more favorable than now, you need to go on and pad the margin. So I'll go do it, begrudgingly. I'll go do it. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be enthusiastic. I'm trying to make it enthusiastic for y'all. But come on, really? Got to go vote again? I'm ready for the erectile dysfunction ads to come back. I'm tired of the runoff ads. Uh, I'm I'm I am exhausted by the process. Didn't go the way anybody expected, myself included. It didn't go well for my side. This isn't actually going to matter for control of the Senate. It will matter for the future, though, so I will go do it. And also, it does give the Republicans a margin for Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema to continue obstructing the Democrats, and that's a good thing. So I will go vote for Herschel Walker. I would encourage you to go vote for him December 6th if you live in Georgia, but I get it. We all kind of get it. I do think the Republicans need to come out with gusto, and if the exit polling did show Warnock was extreme, make it about Warnock's extremism and mobilize the Republican base. I do hope Trump stays out of it, though. Um, I think that uh, the fact that the Democrats are already today running ads in Georgia with uh, Trump's remarks from last night kind of tells me that they view Trump as radioactive in Georgia, and who can blame them? By the way, Mike Pence was on with CNN. He, he's got a line now. He's given everybody. I didn't even bother to ask him yesterday when I, he was on the program because I knew what he was going to say. He's been saying it everywhere, but if you haven't heard him. Just listening to you, you wouldn't vote for him. Well, I just, I honestly believe that we're going to have better choices, Brett. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Donald Trump was the only candidate in 2016 who could have defeated Hillary Clinton. Uh, I saw that firsthand, and I, uh, after he won that Indiana primary, I never doubted that he was going to win, and uh, I chronicle that in my book. But you um, doubt it now. But I, I think uh, I think different times call for different leadership, and and in the days ahead, I I just have heard all over the country from people who've stopped, expressed support, and appreciation for the record of our administration uh, that. Uh, they, they want to see leadership that brings our country together while still fighting for all the things that have always made this country strong and, and prosperous. That was Mike Pence. Here's John Cornyn from the U.S. Senate. Well, anybody can run. I think, you know, the, the world has changed considerably. Um, and uh, just in recent weeks, I'll support the Republican nominee. Uh, but I don't know that it will be him. I mean, they're not going to just, they're not going to crown Trump, but all roads lead through Georgia first. If Herschel Walker goes down in flames, it's going to be one more thing that the establishment Republican pins on, although Trump is kind of the establishment, isn't he? He's the leader of the party, so that the challengers will pin on Donald Trump. One of the things that that actually incites me to want to go vote for Herschel Walker is this pastor in Atlanta. I want to listen, want you to listen to this. This is from a church sermon on a Sunday. Just celebrated Veterans Day. Congratulations to all the veterans. And any veteran would tell you, just because you lost the battle, the war ain't over. And this war ain't over, y'all. We're talking about saving democracy. 
We're talking about health care for all of God's people. We're talking about housing for all of God's people. We're talking about a, a shelter over your head, Emmanuel, for all of God's people. We're talking about access. We're talking about all of us establishing the kingdom of God so that whosoever will can come and be a part of the kingdom of God. Red and yellow, black and white, Republican, Democrat, gray and straight and gay, everybody got a place in God's kingdom everybody got a place in God's kingdom and that was a rally for Raphael Warnock that sermon that sermon um not making that up that was a sermon on a Sunday urging a black congregation to go vote for Raphael Warnock now when Republicans do this the IRS comes after them tries to take their tax-exempt status. Democrats scream it's Christian nationalism. Was that Christian nationalism that I just heard, or, or is it only when when white pastors say vote Republican that that's Christian nationalism? I, I just The fact that you've got pastors in churches saying this, you've got Raphael Warnock saying that attacking his uh, housing project that threw people out during COVID is attacking Jesus um, actually kind of does inspire me to go vote for Herschel Walker. I just don't think we need to be dragging Jesus into this to vote for a pro-abortion crowd. And that kind of offends me, which is another reason that I will go vote for Herschel Walker and would urge you to do the same just so Republicans can pad their margins in the run-up to 2024 and, and keep Mansion and Cinema with a cushion to be able to be defiant to the Democrats. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. Their grassroots do tank. Americans for Prosperity is a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Let me jump to the phones here. Paul, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Eric, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, your segue, your previous thing you ran about with the, ser the sermon at the church really segues well into my comment. The, the, the uh, Walker has three weeks to figure out how to get people attracted to vote for him. All the ads are all the same puff and stuff before. Most people don't realize in Georgia, Kemp tried to get the Medicaid changed, and the Biden administration stopped him. Yep. They went to court, and they won, but they've been fighting him. Who backs the Biden administration right now? It's Warnock. The pastor gets on the air and says, uh, number one thing he said was health care for all. But, but the um, Warnock campaign won't go along with it. Maybe Republicans need to force him on that, get an ad to ask, what are you saying about this? No, get Kemp. Maybe Kemp can do an ad. I don't know. I'm frustrated yeah, because look, I, I see nothing happening. 
I, I'm kind of with you. There are like three weeks left, and you got a holiday in between where no one's going to be paying attention. They got to do something, and, and they're just they're, they're not. And I know it's part of it is being cash starved. I will say McConnell has just dumped fourteen point two million dollars into an ad campaign in the state. The National Republican Senatorial Committee was only going to spend seven hundred thousand. Uh, and McConnell is spending $14.2 million. That's one reason he was able to win the leadership race today, really, without much of a challenge. Uh, but they got to do something. they got to step up quick. Nathan, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Nathan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, no, I, I, just, just for starters, I completely understand your traffic situation as an Atlanta resident as well, so I, I sympathize <laughs> with you there. Yeah. Uh, just, just wanted to comment real quick. Yeah, I, I'm a gay man. I'm a conservative. I live in Atlanta. Um, I, you know, I'm an uh, older millennial, uh, rush baby, but uh, I, I supported Trump twice, but I, I don't want to see him run again. Um, but at the same time, I think you're, you're going to turn off a lot of voters like me who sat out the elections with McCain, with Romney, didn't vote for Obama, but, you know, sat those out, voted for the down ballot Republicans because, you know, I don't want the establishment to yeah. you know, go along to get along type. You're your Romneys, your McCain's, your Pence's, your Cruz's, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want that. You know, and if, if I see the Republicans nominating something like that, I'm going to sit it out again. Um, DeSantis, I'm, I'll, I'll vote for him. I'll vote for, for Trump even, even though I don't want to see him run again. But, you know, how is the Republican Party going to deal with that? Because you're going to turn off a lot of people like me who don't want to go back to the war party, the corporate party, the, 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 the establishment Washington go along, get along party. I'm so glad you said that because, yeah, this is why I just think we got to we got to find someone new. And and that's why I kind of like the idea of DeSantis. Um, And I got a lot of friends who want to run for president here. But like we've we why if we rejected you in 2016, why run again now? Uh, let's have some fresh faces and a fresh slate of people. And and you got a guy in Florida who is, you know, he was in the Freedom Caucus. He helped start the Freedom Caucus. He actually was one of the critical votes to oust John Boehner as Speaker of the House. He, he's not exactly an establishmentarian. Uh, the establishment is signaling, hey, we think we can do business with this guy, and, and he's a good compromise because he gives you what you want, but he's not Trump, and we just don't want Trump. And it seems like he can be the guy to unite the party. The The question is, will everybody go along? And and I, I know there are always going to be some Trump people who say we only Trump. Uh, there, there's the young voices. There's like, oh, my gosh, Paul Ryan said he thought Ron DeSantis would be acceptable. Well, Ron DeSantis isn't acceptable now. Um, everybody loves the guy until like five minutes ago when Trump criticized him. Um, we shouldn't be that way. And I, I'm kind of with you. I, I, look, I'll vote for the, whoever the Republican nominee is. I really will. I know if it if it is not your like you won't and I, most of my friends are in your camp. Uh, they don't want to vote for a Romney yeah. or McCain. Um, they just want to vote for someone who has some principles that are conservative. I totally a hundred percent get that. Yeah, and, and and you know if you're going along with the Senate and the House thing, it, it's, it's a little disheartening for people like me when they when when the message is clear to the party and they just go ahead and say we're doing McConnell again, we're doing McCarthy again, and we don't like those people. Yeah, why don't why not shake it up just to say hey we're a new party now we're gonna we're listening. Because Listen, you're, you're, and you're know, turning the, the, off the base. The one that gets me the most, i got to let you go there because you've got 30 seconds. Thanks for calling, though. Um, the McCarthy one actually gets me more than McConnell because McConnell was not actually in charge of winning for the GOP in the Senate. And, and Emmers and McCarthy were in the House, and voters didn't want that. Uh, I, look, I'm not a McConnell fan. I would love for him to be replaced, but I, I don't think throwing him under the bus 
for the election is the way to do it. Uh, there are plenty of other reasons to throw him under the bus. But McCarthy, my gosh, what a terrible signal to send to independent voters. Just just pitiful. Um, okay, when we come back, we got to talk about all the liberal money flowing out there and, and some ways the GOP really needs to get ahead. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's talk about liberal money. The left likes to obsess about supposed Republican dark money. The Koch brothers. Ken Griffin from Citadel. Sheldon Adelson's wife. What the left doesn't like to talk about is the access they have to their own money. Arabella Advisors is a dark money front group for the left. If you will recall, recently there was a story about Leonard Leo of the Federalist Society getting more than a billion dollars to fund conservative projects. And there was all sorts of outrage on the left. Oh my gosh, the dark money on the right, Leonard Leo. Uh, Arabella Advisors gets more than a billion dollars every election cycle from people on the left. Not making that up. This past election cycle, Arabella Advisors funneled the left-wing causes more than a billion dollars as they do every election cycle. They have been uh, helpful to George Soros funding liberal prosecutors. In fact, uh, they got a big loss. Um, 11 out of 13 Soros-funded prosecutors lost their elections this year. Uh, they've successfully been made radioactive for their soft-on-crime stances. Uh, one of the losses was in Maricopa County, Arizona, where, if you will recall, the Republicans hired a female lawyer to question Christine Blasey Ford. Uh, that prosecutor who the Republicans hired to question Christine Blasey Ford won the Maricopa County District Attorney's Office uh, against a Soros-funded progressive. Republicans actually have a good message, and it's worked. It's been remarkable that this effort to go after these soft-on-crime progressives has been so successful, even under the, the specter of Donald Trump. Uh, these Republican prosecutors won. And Arabella Advisors has been pouring a lot of money in to help the Democrats across these causes. Uh, and the, the right, frankly, has not been competitive in terms of money. The right, the, the money that flows to the right has been dominated media conversations, in large part because there are a handful of billionaires who give a lot of money to the right. What the left has is lots of multimillionaires giving large checks. And that outnumbers the giving of this handful of billionaires who support the right. That's just simply the truth. The left doesn't like to talk about it that much, what Arabella Advisors does. Interestingly enough, Ken Griffin of Citadel was doing an interview, and he talked about FTX. I've mentioned FTX a lot in the last couple of days. It's collapse. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the head of FTX, was the head of FTX, is probably going to go to jail. He's claiming he was just incompetent, that it wasn't actually a Ponzi scheme. And they are, uh, it's becoming very clear he funded the Democrats this year. And the Democrats don't want to refund the money. And Sam Bankman-Fried clearly, it appears, based on the paper trail, was using the funds of investors to fund the Democrats. It was a giant Ponzi scheme. But there was more than that. Ken Griffin of Citadel said this. That, that all of us were worried about 
you know, on the balance sheet of FTX is a line called Trump Lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Right? Those are, those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out, and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. That's a really, really tough story. We could talk for quite a while about FTX. Sadly, we don't have it. Now, here's the thing. There were just no regulators there to stop this guy from taking investor cash to fund the Democrats. There were no business journalists either. The business journalists wanted him at their conference. They wanted his, him to subsidize their conference. They wanted to put him on the cover of their magazines. They wanted access to him. They didn't want to ask tough questions about this reliable Democrat donor who appeared to be taking investor cash to fund the Democratic cause. The Democratic wins came on the backs of middle-class investors who were duped and taken advantage of. It's much what the Democratic Party has been doing lately, screwing the middle class. They don't want to talk about it. It needs to be talked about. But there's something else happening now, too. Herschel Walker's campaign is calling out a number of Republican campaigns around the country, including uh, Donald Trump's campaign. These campaigns are doing email blasts saying... Give us money to help Herschel Walker. And they're keeping 90% of the money for themselves. They're not actually giving the money to Herschel Walker's campaign. Did you know that? You're getting all these email blasts. Help our joint fundraising committee with Herschel Walker. And they're only giving 10% of the money to Walker. Trump Trump is doing this. He raised $100 million, spent maybe $15 million, most of it on himself this year. Mitch McConnell, for all of his faults, raised and spent $400 million on candidates other than himself. Trump only spent 15. And now these Republicans are spending money on email blasts and text messages, spamming donors saying, give us money and we'll help Herschel Walker. And they're given 10% of it, 10 cents of every dollar. We'll go to Herschel Walker. The Walker campaign is saying, hey, stop it. We need the money. Stop fundraising off of us. They need to stop the grift. There is so much grift on the Republican side right now. These people are cashing in. They're cashing in on uh, you and your desire to change the country. They're making a lot of money for themselves, and they're not actually putting points on the board. One other area where Republicans actually need to improve is the ground game. Ballot harvesting. It's time for Republicans to just own the fact you're not getting rid of early voting. You're not getting rid of ballot harvesting. So you might as well go on and learn how to do it. You know, there was a time in this country not too long ago where Republicans were actually far better at the early vote game than Democrats. Yes, there was a a good long period in American history where Republicans generated more absentee ballots than Democrats. They generated more early votes than Democrats. But in 2020, they had a presidential candidate who told them not to do it, don't trust it, don't, don't do it. And so they stopped. I mean, this is one of the damnedest things about the Trump administration. He sabotaged himself by dissuading his own side from voting early. 
you got to start voting early. Here's one of the problems. Uh, Democrats start voting early. They, they go round up all the ballots from all the vulnerable people, all the naive people, and they, they round them up early, and then the data changes. The election changes. Some scandal comes out a couple of weeks before the election, and what happens? Uh, suddenly people are like, oh, damn it, I voted for that guy. I didn't want to vote for that guy. It's too late now. Well, you need to go find the people who are voting Republican, round up their ballots before the, the, the horror stories come out about the Republicans. You got to go vote early. You got to go do your absentee balloting. You can't be scared of it. It's a ballot game at this point. You've got to collect the ballots. You've got to collect the ballots. And for Republicans who say, well, they're going to steal it. Well, you, they can't steal it if you go overwhelm the system. You know you can track your absentee but Did you know this? I voted by absentee ballot. And in voting by absentee ballot, I got a text message from my local board of elections that they had received my application. I got a text message from my local board of elections when they mailed my absentee ballot. And I got a text message from my board of elections when they received and approved my absentee ballot. I knew every step of the way where my absentee ballot process was. They do that now. Times have changed. They're not gonna reject your ballot, and if they do, you get a notice of it, or at least you're supposed to, but you yourself can track the status of it to make sure it gets counted, and Democrats are doing that, and Republicans are not. Republicans have seeded the absentee balloting game. This is just mind-numbingly frustrating to me. We, our side, we are talking ourselves out of winning. It's like 2021 all over again. In Georgia, Republicans talked themselves out of winning. Republicans said, well, it's going to be stolen, so why go vote? And they lost two Senate seats as a result. It was Republicans who didn't turn out. And Republicans may not turn out in the runoff in Georgia either. They may talk themselves out of turning out this time. It used to be Republicans always won the runoffs in Georgia, and now they've psychologically fractured themselves. I mean, it's like they're scared to even go try to win. Well, we, we, if, if, if we win, it's proof that it wasn't stolen last time, and we, we can't have our priors challenged. We can't go see ourselves win now because, oh, my gosh, that may mean all the emotional energy I spent in claiming the election was stolen was wrong, so we're just going to keep letting them win. You got to go try. You got to go cast your absentee ballot. You got to go vote early. These things matter. And you know a state that did it? Do you know a state that overcame their psychological hurdles and actually won? Florida. Five million voters voted early in Florida. Many of them by absentee ballot. I, you know, it's it's remarkable the number of people I get who email me say, they stole it. They, they stole the election. They did it with early voting. States that didn't early vote, Republicans won. Look at Florida. I'm like, Florida voted early. Five million of them voted early. All six school board members endorsed by Ron DeSantis won runoffs as well. De the results delivered the Republican governor a total of 24 out of 30 local election wins in the state, transforming school boards across the state of Florida. He reshaped school boards in key areas like Sarasota and Miami-Dade County, where now there are more Republican elected officials on local school boards than Democrats. School boards have historically been nonpartisan. 
but Democrats poured money in to help get Democrats elected to what were nonpartisan races, the Democratic Party. Pick sides. So Ron DeSantis decided to play the game with them, and DeSantis picked sides, and overwhelmingly his won. His candidates won. Ron DeSantis played the early vote game. He said, the Democrats keep getting ahead on the early vote. We're going to do it too. And Ron DeSantis put it together an early vote absentee ballot strategy, and they won it. More Republican votes cast in Miami-Dade County by absentee and early vote than the Democrats for the first time in 30 years. It's not like Republicans can't figure out the early vote game and the absentee ballot game. Ron DeSantis and the Florida Republicans did it. Why can't the Arizona Republicans do it? The Arizona Republicans psychologically fractured themselves into being convinced every election was going to be stolen. Do you know every single Republican won except the MAGA Republicans in Arizona? The Republicans in Arizona kept the state house and they kept the state senate. They were expected by all sides, including the Republicans, to lose it, and yet they won it. The Republicans won six of the nine state leg- or congressional seats in Arizona so so far. Now, one of them hasn't been called, but it looks like they'll win. Six out of nine. You know, three of those seats the Republicans won were designed to be 50-50 swing seats, and the Republicans won them all. And yet people look at Kerry Lake and Blake Masters and say, oh, it must have been stolen because my two favorite candidates lost. No, they lost because they were tied to Donald Trump and stolen election nonsense, and Republicans were ready to move on. The data is there if you choose to see it. Some people don't want to see it because they put all their emotional energy into the idea that the election was stolen. And if they look at the data objectively and see it wasn't stolen, then they'll have to realize they've messed themselves up for the last two years. And they can't admit they were wrong. Republicans, you got to do better. You got too many grifters. You got too many people scared of voting early. And it's costing you elections. The Democrats are pouring a billion with a B dollars in every two years to their ballot access game. And the GOP is psychologically scared to death to do it. In the one state where they did it and did it well, Florida, the Republicans blew the doors off the Democrats. You know, you can do this, Republicans. It's your choice whether or not to be scared of voting early. Overcome your fear. Beat the Democrats. I wish you could do like a middle Eden pure thunderstorm and just fire it up in your brain and get rid of the noxious odors that are are just polluting the atmosphere there. You know, the Eden pure thunderstorm three pack, you can get these things and they wipe out odors. They work so well. I keep one in my suitcase when I travel. Rental car stinks, fire up the Eden pure hotel room stinks, fire up the Eden pure. It works. You can plug it in with a USB cord or you can plug it directly into the wall. Either way, it fires up and cleans the air. Now, it's an air purifier, so it gets rid of the pollen and the dust and stuff like that, but I use it to wipe out odors. And you get three of them by going to EdenPureDeals.com and putting in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your RV or your suitcase where I keep mine, and they just work. You get them for less than $200, you save $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You can wipe out odors tomorrow. They get rid of litter box odors, pet odors, smoke odors, frying odors, cooking odors, bad odors, you name it. They don't mask it. That's the key here. It doesn't mask the odors. It eliminates the odors. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, the number three, ERIC3. You get three of them for less than $200. You save $200. You get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com.
Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, this hour is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia. Don't let that dissuade you, whether you're in Portland, Oregon, or Portland, Maine, or Orlando, Florida, they can help your business grow. We're talking big deals, $750,000 and up, though. Uh, call them. FirstLibertyGA.com has all their contact info. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Um, a deviation from script here, not that I use a script, but Thanksgiving is next week. And I have been negligent in sending out recipes the last few weeks because the election has kind of overwhelmed me. But every time this year, I send out several recipes, and I'm going to put them all in an email for you with links to the originals. Uh, my gravy recipe, it is the easiest, best gravy recipe you will ever have in your life. I get tagged every year at Thanksgiving and Christmas. People tag me on Instagram saying I'm making Eric Erickson's gravy recipe. It is that good of a recipe, and it is very easy. You can make parts of it ahead of time, uh, particularly the onions. You know, uh, they, they tell you to brown onions. Take 10 minutes, brown onions. You can't brown an onion in 10 minutes to save your life. It takes 30 minutes to get a good, sweet onion reduced the way you want it. You can do it ahead of time for the gravy recipe. It makes all the difference in the world, I'm telling you. Uh, and then I've got my turkey brine recipe. I've got my recipe on smoking the turkey. Uh, I've got my gumbo recipe for you convert the turkey leftovers into gumbo. And then if you got a large crowd coming and you want to do some breakfast, I've got a sweet and a savory, a sausage egg bake and a French toast casserole. I make these recipes every year. They are tried and they are true. They will not fail you. If you want them, text the word recipe, singular, not plural, recipe, R-E, however you spell recipe. <laughs> Text the word recipe to 33777. Just one word, not not plural, no S on the end. Recipe. Text it to 33777. You want to subscribe. You do not have to pay. It is completely free. If you want to pay, it just helps subsidize the grocery bill for me to do all the recipe development. But you want to get these recipes. It's gravy. It's turkey. It's gumbo. It's breakfast for your family. Um, I'll throw in an Omaha Steaks plug here. I am going to send this out in the next 30 minutes. So text RECIPE to 33777 and subscribe to my recipe substack list for all of these great recipes. The gravy it, it alone is worth it. If you've never made good gravy for Thanksgiving, I will teach you how. It is the easiest freaking recipe there is. The secret is butter and flour. You cook the onions in the butter, and then you add some flour to thicken it up, and you get the flour soaking up that butter. So then when you pour in the liquid, the flour has so much butter absorbed into it, it doesn't go lumpy. It's science. That's why I like it. It's also a really good recipe. Text recipe to 33777. When we come back, we got to talk about that missile that hit Poland.